Welcome to Bandcamp. My name is Dan. And I'm Jennifer. And this is the podcast where we read banned books to try to find out why they were banned in the first place. This season, we are taking on the adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Just a heads up, we're going to be spoiling it since that is what we do on this podcast. We are reading it out loud. So if you need to catch up, you can head on over to season four, episode one of Bandcamp and catch up that way. Also, please feel free to join the discussion with us on Instagram. You can follow us at Bandcamp underscore podcast. And before Jennifer starts reading, let's introduce the third member of our team, our trusty robot. Come on in. You know, when I read your little intro, robot, robot is spelled wrong. It is spelled robot. Here's robot to give us a brief overview of where we left off in the story. Robot. Please don't call me Robort. Moving on. Last time on Bandcamp, the King and Duke turned up the drama, sobbing their way into a hefty inheritance. The townsfolk bought it, hook, line, and sinker, but the dock wasn't fooled by their funeral orgies. Orgies is better. Thank you, Jennifer. Will the town and the grieving family ever catch on, or is this con too good to fail? What happens next? You're about to find out. That sounds like abortion. What are you saying? <laughs> Robort sounds like abort. And with that being said, let's begin chapter 26 of Huckleberry Finn. Well, when they was all gone, the king, he asked Mary Jane how they was off for spare rooms. And she said she had one spare room, which would do for Uncle William. And she'd give up her own room to Uncle Harvey, which was a little bigger. And she would turn into the room with her sisters and sleep on a cot. And up a garret was a little cubby with a pallet in it. The king said the cubby would do for his valley, meaning me. That must be valet. The way oh. that southerners say valet. That's right. <laughs> so Mary Jane took us up, and she showed them their rooms, which was plain but nice. She said she'd have her frocks and a lot of other traps took out of her room if they was in Uncle Harvey's way, but he said they weren't. Frocks was hung along the wall, and before them was a curtain made out of calico that hung down to the floor. There was an old hair trunk in one corner and a guitar box in another and all sorts of little knickknacks and gym cracks around. Knickknacks and gym cracks. <laughs> what is that? And what is a hair uh, trunk? I don't know. A trunk made out of human hair. I don't know. Would you find that in a... <laughs> Ed Gein's house? Probably. <laughs> Next to them, gym cracks made out of butt cracks. Actual Jim's cracks. Honestly, if you found a hair trunk in Ed Gein's house, noted Wisconsin serial killer cannibal Ed Gein, wouldn't you say that would be the most normal thing you'd find in his house? Probably. They discovered these uh, incomprehensible, unspeakably awful objects that have been fashioned out of human body parts. There was a lampshade made of human skin. There was a jar containing human noses. Uh, there was a belt fashioned out of female nipples. Uh, not good. Believe me, not good. The king said it was all the more homely and more pleasanter for them, these fixings. So don't disturb them. The duke's room was pretty small, but plenty good enough, and so was my cubby. That night they had a big supper and all them men and women was there and I stood behind the king and the duke's chairs and waited on them and the n-words waited on the rest. Aha, so he's kind of like at the same rank. 
as the enslaved people. So now he's basically doing what they're doing. Yeah. Mary Jane, she sat at the head of the table with Susan alongside of her and said how bad the biscuits was and how mean the preserve was and how ornery and tough the fried chicken was and all that kind of rot the way women always do to force out compliments. And the people all knowed everything was tip top and said so, said, how do you get biscuits to brown so nice? And where for the land's sake did you get these amazing pickles? And all that kind of humbug talky talk. Just the way people always does at a supper, you know. So small talk, still the same, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And when it was all done, me and the hair lip had supper in the kitchen off of the leavings. Whilst the others was helping the N-words clean things up. The hair, wait, why do, does, are they separating her because she's got a deformity? Was that a thing they would do to people who had deformities back then? Yes, during the time period of the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, it was not uncommon for people with physical deformities to be treated differently. This would include making them sit at a table away from others. That way, the precious normies could eat in peace without having to look at people who are different than them. This segregation and name-calling were common during that period, reflecting the prejudices of the time. There's just all kinds of divisions we put between people, right? There's the enslaved people standing back there with Huck Finn. And then later... Huck Finn gets to have supper in the kitchen, not at the table, with the one sister that has a genetic deformity that can't be helped. Is that the way it was? That's so gross. That is. The hair lip she got to pumping me about England, and blessed if I didn't think the ice was getting mighty thin sometimes. Oh no, what's Huck going to do? Because Huck doesn't really know anything about England. They should have said that he's also deaf and dumb. That would have been good. Right? Oh man. Did you ever see the king? Who, William Fourth? Well, I bet I have. He goes to our church. I knowed he was dead years ago, but I never let on. So when I says he goes to our church, she says, What, regular? Yes, regular. His pew's right over opposite Arne, on the other side of the pulpit. I thought he lived in London. Well, he does. Where would he live? But I thought you lived in Sheffield. I see I was in a stump. I had to let on to get choked with a chicken bone, so as to get time to think how to get down again. That's got to be one heck of an act. I can see using that as a crutch, and like whenever you get into it, like a thing where you don't know what to say, you reach into your pocket and pull out a chicken bone and shove it in quickly. <laughs> one minute. Then I says, I mean, he goes to our church regular when he's in Sheffield. That's only in the summertime when he comes there to take the sea baths. Why, how you talk? Sheffield ain't on the sea. Well, who said it was? Why, you did. I didn't, nother. You did. I didn't. You did. I never said nothing of the kind. Well, what did you say then? Hold on, I got to choke on a chicken bone again. (laughs) (laughs) Said he come to take the sea baths. That's what I said. Well, then, how's he going to take the sea baths if it ain't on the sea? Looky here, I says, did you ever see any Congress water? And I don't know what Congress water is, but let's just assume it's something that's not near. Congress water was a type of mineral water that was imported from Saratoga Springs, New York. It was popular in the 19th century. It was known for its effervescence and was often considered a refreshing and healthful drink. People would sometimes consume mineral waters like Congress water for their supposed therapeutic or medicinal properties. Did you ever see any Congress water? Yes. 
Well, did you have to go to Congress to get it? Why no? Well, neither does William Forth have to go to the sea to get a sea bath. How does he get it then? Gets it the way people down here gets Congress water, in barrels. There in the palace at Sheffield, they've got furnaces, and he wants his water hot. They can't boil all that amount of water away off there at the sea. They haven't got no conveniences for it. Oh, I see now. You might have said that in the first place and saved time. When she said that, I see I was out of the woods again, and so I says comfortable and glad. Next, she says, do you go to church too? Yes, regular. Where do you sit? Why in our pew? Whose pew? Why Arn? Your Uncle Harvey's. I think I see a future of uh, being a con person in this girl's future. Because she's really good at milking the information out, getting all the stuff she needs to know. Yeah, yeah. Why are Arn? Your Uncle Harvey's. His and what does he want with a pew? Wants it to sit in. What did you reckon he wanted it with? Why, I thought he'd be in the pulpit. Rot him. I forgot he was a preacher. I see I was up a stump again, so I played another chicken bone and got another think. Then I says, blame it. Do you suppose there ain't but one preacher to a church? Why, what do they want with more? What? To preach before a king? I never did see such a girl as you. They don't have no less than seventeen. Seventeen? My land! Why, I wouldn't set out such a string as that, not if I never got to glory. It must take them a week. Shucks, they don't all of them preach the same day. Only one of them. Well, then what does the rest of them do? Oh, nothing much. Loll around, pass the plate, and one thing or another. But mainly they don't do nothing. Well, then what are they for? Why, they're for style. Don't you know nothing? Well, I don't want to know no such foolishness as that. How is servants treated in England? Do they treat them better and we treat our N-words? No, the servants ain't nobody there. They treat them worse than dogs. What the hell does he mean? Well, what does Huck think that enslaved people are treated like? Oh, maybe his aunt was really kind to them up there in Missouri. Like, not really kind, but like kinder than you would to a dog, which, you know, look at the two behind me. I've got them on my bed in a bed with two blankets. So I guess it's all relative. (laughs) You really are their enslaved person. Don't they give them holidays the way we do? Christmas and New Year's week and 4th of July? Oh, just listen. A body could tell you hain't ever been to England by that. Why, Harold? Why, Joanna? Oh, good for him. Good for him. He knows her name. Why is he calling her the hair lip so so much? Now he's going to call her name. So that's good. That's nice. Why, Joanna, they never see a holiday from year's end to year's end. Never go to the circus, nor theater, nor N-word shows, nor nowheres. Nor church? Nor church. But you always went to church. Well, I was up again. I forgot I was the old man's servant. But next minute, I whirled in on a kind of an explanation how a valet was different from a common servant and had to go to church whether he wanted to or not and set with the family on account of its being the law. But I didn't do it pretty good. And when I got done, I see she wasn't satisfied. She says, honest engine now, haven't you been telling me a lot of lies? Honest engine, says I. I don't know what that, someone still's got to be using that out there. (laughs) Right? It's not good though, right? It's not great. Uh, Not good. Believe me, not good. None at all, none at all, not a lie in it, says I. Lay your hand on this book and say it. 
I see it weren't nothing but a dictionary, so I laid my hand on it and said it. So then she looked a little better satisfied and says, Well then, I'll believe some of it, but I hope to gracious if I'll believe the rest. What is it you won't believe, Joe? says Mary Jane, stepping in with Susan behind her. It ain't right nor kind for you to talk so to him, and him a stranger and so far from his people. How would you like to be treated so? That's always your way, Mame, always sailing in to help somebody before they're hurt. I hain't done nothing to him. He's told some stretchers, I reckon, and I said I wouldn't swallow it all. And that's every bit and grain I did say. I reckon he can stand a little thing like that, can't he? I don't care whether twas little or twas big. He's here in our house and a stranger, and it wasn't good of you to say it. Why, Mame, he said, it don't make no difference what he said. That ain't the thing. Oh, I think this is where uh, Joe is a little smarter than her sisters. The sisters are like, who cares if he's lying to you? Just <laughs> believe his lies. Oh, you know, like believe his lies. You know, said the family who just gave the strangers Ex- their all of their fortune. Exactly. I think that the older sisters are being a little bit too kind, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It don't make no difference what he said. That ain't the thing. The thing is for you to treat him kind and not be saying things to make him remember he ain't in his own country and amongst his own folks. I says to myself, this is a girl that I'm letting that old reptile rob her of her money. Oh, so Huck feels bad about that? Yeah, I think he's starting to feel bad for it. I think he's felt bad all along. The more he gets to know these people, I think he's really going to feel bad. Right. I agree. Then Susan, she waltzed in, and if y'all believe me, she did give hair lip hark from the tomb. Okay, now he's back to calling her that. Why? I don't know. Says I to myself, and this is another one that I'm letting him rob her of her money. Then Mary Jane, she took another inning and went in sweet and lovely again, which was her way. But when she got done, there weren't hardly anything left of poor hair lip. So she hollered. All right, then, says the other girls. You just ask his pardon. She done it too, and she done it beautiful. She done it so beautiful, it was good to hear, and I wished I could tell her a thousand lies so she could do it again. Says I to myself, this is another one that I'm letting him rob her of her money. And when she got through, they all just laid themselves out to make me feel at home and know I was amongst friends. I felt so ornery and low down and mean that I says to myself, my mind's made up. I'll hive that money for them or bust. Oh, Ooh. he's defecting. Wow, that's cool. Now that's a good adventure. Oh, uh, I wonder what's going to happen to these guys then. If he gives them the money and then he's out of there with Jim and leaves those two. I mean, the whole town is going to be so pissed off at them. And, keep, and remember, like... That money, they put their own money into that little. Uh, oh, th- that's so like right, if that's Huck right. and Jim steal that money, th- he's literally stealing. Well, he's going to give. Oh, you know what Huck's going to do? I was going to say he's going to take the king and duke's money and give the the money that is owed to the family to the family. But mm. Huck won't do that because Huck wouldn't steal from the king and the duke probably. Hi, I'm Dan. And my name's Jennifer, and we're from Bandcamp, 
a comedy podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. Season six of Bandcamp premieres on June 4th, and we picked a fantastic book for this season. And the name of the book is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Science. It's our first contemporary book. It explores friendship and sexuality through the experiences of two Mexican-American teenagers living in El Paso in the 80s. If you are new to Bandcamp, each season we read an entire book. In each episode of that season, Jennifer reads the chapter out loud and we comment and try to have fun as we go. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. So please join us as we try and figure out why Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe could have ever been banned. But I bet we're not going to find anything because banning books is stupid. Season 6 premieres on June 4th. See you there. No, right? well, we'll see. I mean, I don't I, know. I think he might. I know I, I would too. <laughs> I would do. When I got by myself, I went to thinking the thing over. I says to myself, shall I go to the doctor, private, and blow on these frauds? No, that won't do. He might tell who told him. Then the king and the duke would make it warm for me. Shall I go private and tell Mary Jane? No, I doesn't do it. Her face would give them a hint, sure. They've got the money, and they'd slide right out and get away with it. If she was to fetch in help, I'd get mixed up in the business before it was done with, I judge. No, there ain't no good way about it, but one. I got to steal that money somehow, and I got to steal it some way that they won't suspicion that I done it. They've got a good thing here, and they ain't a-going to leave till they've played this family and this town for all they're worth. So I'll find a chance, time enough. I'll steal it and hide it, and by and by, when I'm away down the river, I'll write a letter? Weird. Okay, I'll write a letter and tell Mary Jane where it's hid. What if the letter doesn't get to her? I bet you the the, the postal system was better back then than it is now. Because <laughs> what's his nuts probably isn't running it back then. What's that mm. guy's name Trump put in? Yeah. Louis DeJoy. Yeah. Why is he still there? Ugh. I don't know. But I better hive it tonight if I can, because the doctor maybe hasn't let up as much as he lets on he has. He might scare them out of here yet. So thinks I, I'll go and search them rooms. Upstairs, the hall was dark, but I found the Duke's room and started to paw around it with my hands. But I recollected it wouldn't be much like the king to let anybody else take care of that money but his own self. So then I went to his room and begun to paw around there. But I see I couldn't do nothing without a candle, and I doesn't light one, of course. So I judged I got to do the other thing, lay for them and eavesdrop. About that time, I hears their footsteps coming and was going to skip under the bed. I reached for it, but it wasn't where I thought it would be. But I touched the curtain that hid Mary Jane's frocks. So I jumped in behind that and snuggled in amongst the gowns and stood there perfectly still. They came in and shut the door, and the first thing the Duke done was get down and look under the bed. Then I was glad I hadn't found the bed when I wanted it. And yet, you know, it's kind of natural to hide under the bed when you are up to anything private. They sets down then, and the king says, well, what is it? And cut it middle and short, because it's better for us to be down there a whooping up the morning than up here giving him a chance to talk us over. Well, this is it, Capit. I ain't easy. I ain't comfortable. That doctor lays on my mind. I wanted to know your plans. I've got a notion, and I think it's a sound one. What is it, Duke? Well, we better glide out of this before three in the morning and clip it down the river with what we've got, especially seeing we got it so easy, given back to us. Flung at our heads, as you might say, when of course we allowed to have to steal it back. I'm for knocking off and lighting out. 
That made me feel pretty bad. About an hour or two ago, it would have been a little different, but now it made me feel bad and disappointed. The king rips out and says, What? And not sell out the rest of the property? March off like a passel of fools and leave eight or $9,000 worth of property laying around just suffering to be scooped in? And all good, salable stuff too. The duke, he grumbled, said the bag of gold was enough and didn't want to rob a lot of orphans of everything they had. Why, how you talk, says the king. We shan't rob him of nothing at all, but just this money. The people that buys the property is the sufferers, because as soon as it's found out that we didn't own it, which won't be long after we've slid, the sale won't be valid, and it'll all go back to the estate. These, your orphans, will get their house back again, and that's enough for them. They're young and spry, and can easy earn a living. They ain't a going to suffer. Why, just think. There's thousands and thousands that ain't nigh so well off. Bless you, they ain't got nothing to complain of. Well, the king, he talked him blind, so at last he give in and said, all right, but said he believed it was blamed foolishness to stay and that doctor hanging over them. Do you think the Duke is kind of showing his true colors a little bit? Like he's he's definitely a bad guy, but he's saying like, I don't want to take everything. Everything, right. I'm good with taking a lot, but come on. I mean, I guess even he has his standards or something. <laughs> well, we know back in the chapter where they found the robbers on the boat, on the shipwreck, and they ended up dying because they were greedy and that's why they died. True, true. You know, and it's that's probably what's going to happen here, right? I mean, because literally one of them wants to leave and the king is like, no, 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 we're not going to leave yet. We, there's so much more for us to take. But the king says... Cuss the doctor. What do we care for him? Hain't we got all the fools in town on our side? And ain't that a big enough majority in any town? So they got ready to go downstairs again. The Duke says, I don't think we put that money in a good place. That cheered me up. I began to think I weren't going to get a hint of no kind to help me. The king says, why? Because Mary Jane will be in mourning from this out. And first, you know, the N-word that does up the rooms will get in order to box these duds up and put them away. And do you reckon a N-word can run across money and not borrow some of it? Oh, horrible. <laughs> a-holes. Hmm. Your head's level again, Duke, says the king, and he comes a-fumbling under the curtain two or three foot from where I was. I stuck tight to the wall and kept mighty still, though quivery, and I wondered what them fellows would say to me if they catched me. And I tried to think what I'd better do if they did catch me. But the king, he got the bag before I could think more than about a half a thought. And he never suspicioned I was around. Took and shoved the bag through a rip in the straw tick that was under the feather bed. And crammed it in a foot or two amongst the straw and said it was all right now. Because uh, N-word only makes up the feather bed. And don't turn over the straw tick only about twice a year. And so it weren't in no danger of getting stole now. But I knowed better. I had it out of there before they was halfway downstairs. I groped along to my cubby and hid it there till I could get a chance to do better. I judged I better hide it outside of the house somewheres, because if they missed it, they would give the house good ransacking. I knowed that very well. Then I turned in with my clothes all on, but I couldn't have gone to sleep if I'd have wanted to. I was in such a sweat to get through with the business. By and by, I heard the king and the duke come up. So I rolled off my pallet and laid with my chin at the top of my ladder and waited to see if anything was going to happen, but nothing did. So I held on till the late sounds had quit and the early ones hadn't begun yet. And then I slipped down the ladder. End of chapter. 
Wow. wow. So he's turned a corner. This is a fun adventure. Like, I, yeah. I love this type of adventure because now again, if he pulls this off, he gets to be, uh, I don't want to say he gets to be Robin Hood because he's just returning what is rightfully someone else's truck, as they say. Yeah. But I love it because if that is what happens and he and Jim leave, brand new adventure and adds another layer on the adventure because now maybe the king and the duke are going to be chasing them. Many times in this book, there have been, the adventures are them getting chased. Yeah. Like on right. the island it, and everything. And it makes sense because Jim is, you know, he, he's, he's trying to escape. But now again, Huck is also trying to escape. So again, they're both on the run. I don't know if that'll happen, but that's just what I'm assuming. Yeah. I don't think that the king and the duke are going to make it out of this village. I think this is it for them. I mean, assuming they get found out, which I... I they will, right? I mean, if they don't have any way to get out, and with the king being greedy, he's going to want to try to get figure out a way to get money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be funny if the town just turns on them and, and the duke goes out naked and painted like a horse. <laughs> it's time for PPP, Problematic Points to Ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? So, offensive language um, yeah. in, in this chapter again. Not necessarily a reason to ban it. Anything else? No, I, I don't think there's anything else. The language is one thing, and it's just like you said, it's it's always going to be here, unfortunately, because that's what was going on when Mark Twain wrote the book. It was just so common then. So nothing else. Sorry, moms, for liberty. Once <laughs> just, again, yeah. once again, you guys sit down and have your omelet made with goose eggs. Oh, too bad. From Ben Worthy to Binge Worthy. Hey, Rick, what did you eat last night? Well, Kate, I'm not going to tell you because I want everyone to listen to our podcast. You won't believe what I ate last night to find out. Yes, come hang out with us and spend some time chatting about food and the challenges of staying healthy in a tasty world. We have been described as the car talk of food. So if you love food and hypothetically have had any sort of challenges or questions, concerns, or bad feelings, or good feelings Anyone? about what you put in your body, we're here for you. You won't believe what I ate last night. Come check us out. Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Well, it looks like we've caused enough literary chaos for today, so thank you for listening, scary book people. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one person to whom you think it would add value. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Jennifer Davis and me, Dan Schultz. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of fair use. Catch you cats later. <laughs> you dig? Groovy. See you next time.